What's going on, everyone? Coach Daniel Diaz here with you again for another episode of the Breaking Barriers Basketball Podcast. My guest for today's episode, episode five, is head coach of the Capital City Go-Go, the G League team for the Washington Wizards, Coach Ryan Richmond. I met Coach Ryan Richmond when I had visited Washington, D.C. last summer and attended the training camp for the Washington Wizards Summer League team as they were gearing up for Las Vegas. I was invited to learn and observe from assistant coach, uh, Coach David Adkins, but I was fortunate to meet many of the staff of the organization, and Coach Richmond was one of the amazing people I met that summer. Since then, Coach Richmond has been a mentor to me as someone I could reach out to for career and coaching advice and being that role model for a young coach like me to look up to. In today's episode, we talk about Coach Richmond's basketball journey and how he has gotten to where he is at today, balancing life with basketball and everything in between. With that being said, let's get to my conversation with Coach Ryan Richmond. Hello, Coach Richmond, and thank you for joining me today for today's episode. Um, I hope you've been doing well. Uh, how have you been spending your time these past few months? I have been spending my time doing a lot of research, learning, Zoom calls like most people. My girlfriend started a social justice group uh, that we've been we've been doing, and that has been very educational and that's been a big highlight of, of this quarantine. Awesome. Awesome. Um, have you gone into uh, any new hobbies or attacked any projects that you may have been putting aside um, because of basketball? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the review stuff from the go-go season, mm-hmm. just reviewing film and looking at different processes that we went through and just ways that we can improve moving forward, ways that, I can be better as a as a coach, as a head coach, as an assistant coach in any in any realm really and just going back through and just thinking about what what my philosophies are as a head coach and moving uh moving in that direction of just self improvement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um so how did you uh really get into basketball and did you play any other sports growing up? I played a bunch of sports growing up, but basketball was always my main sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played lacrosse. I played tennis. Oh, wow. I played golf, but I've always loved basketball. Ping pong is actually my favorite sport. <laughs> wow. But uh, basketball, basketball was always my first love and still is still is one of my my loves. So how how are you able to play all those sports? I feel like all those sports were spring sports. Yeah, so I played I did I played tennis one year in high school and then I played lacrosse three years in high school. Oh, okay. And yeah, so basketball obviously I played four years and then I didn't play a fall sport. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. But and then golf was just really a a sibling and father <laughs> sport that we love to play together. Awesome. And those were some of my favorite memories. Yeah, for sure. Still the, still by far the hardest game oh, that I've ever played. Okay. And it's just, it's challenging. That. It's really a mental game. Actually, I love, I love playing it in the off season because it reminds you of how locked in and in tune you have to be on every shot. And mm-hmm. I think it just helps your focus. Mm-hmm. And it also helps you get over poor play quickly. Mm. Yeah. And I sure. think that that's important because Short if you term. hit a bad shot and you allow it to continue on and proliferate, you're going to have another bad shot and another bad shot. And the mm-hmm. parallels to basketball are obviously just, you know, they're right they're they're there mm-hmm. in, in golf. Exactly. Exactly. So as I've gotten to know you, uh, I've learned you're an avid cyclist. Uh, so why do you exactly do you uh, cycle and why do you run? Yeah, so I, I really enjoy cycling and, and running long distance. And I feel like for me, one, it keeps me in shape. Mm-hmm. But two, it's more of a discipline and a mindset. And I feel like we ask our players to be disciplined. We ask our players to be habit-based and I think that the best form of leadership is also doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I love to be in a position where I'm not asking our players or staff to do anything that I wouldn't 
myself be committed to do. And that's what running and, and cycling does is it, it gives me an outlet to really work on my mental toughness because mm-hmm. it's really as much physical as it is. It's, it's mental. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I, uh, I love any, any outlet to work on your mental toughness okay. is something that I'm, I'm really in favor for. Gotcha. Gotcha. And obviously I, I view, I've always viewed staying in shape as, as part of our job as coaches. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So how important is it to you? And, um, as someone who coaches basketball at the highest level, um, as, and this kind of ties in with that mental toughness you're talking about, but it also is another side of it as far as, uh, to have an outlet in your life that is kind of separate from basketball that kind of gives you like a breather. And so you're not, um, so, so locked in every single waking moment of your, of your day in basketball. Yeah, for me, for me, it's more, it's important because I think that you can be a better basketball coach and you can be a better leader if you can take a step away and really just, just focus on something else because you, you wouldn't believe some of the best ideas I've had about basketball or our team or some of our players or leadership styles or ideas for practice, et cetera, Mm -hmm. was not around like a basketball court it was just Mm. doing something else where i I believe heavily in cross training so Mm -hmm. i believe that in order to get better at anything you you have to do other things that that complement what you're trying to get better at Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i I believe that that if you have those outlets you can really be a better coach because you can be more energized for for your coaching and you can get some great ideas yeah for sure and uh, let's say other than cycling and running, what are some of those outlets that you use to get away from basketball and, and kind of refresh your mind? I love reading. I love, I love meditating. Um, I love just being outside. It, it, those are some of my favorite things, too, especially when the weather's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those are, those are some things I do. Play tennis, play golf, play basketball, just, just go shoot around sometime in the quarantine obviously when they put the rims back on the hoops, it was great to just shoot around and, and handle the ball. And that was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a great, um, experience just finding other things Mm -hmm. that you can't go in. You can't go into the office every day for us. Yeah. And we have zoom calls and our, our team, the wizards did an incredible job in the bubble and our players did an incredible job in the bubble and staff did a great job. And I was fortunate to be a part of their Zoom calls and coaching calls. But mm-hmm. finding other ways to occupy your time outside of basketball, I think, has been has been good. But but also never losing sight that it's important to work every day at your craft. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to watch film every day or draw plays every day or think about philosophy every day and really what you believe in and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. So really, 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 Daniel, just finding that, really finding that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you kind of touched on meditating briefly, but uh, you were recently on another interview and conversation on Instagram Live uh, with sports psychologist Stu Singer, and you guys touched on uh, many things, including uh, mental skills and self-care. So how important are those in your life, and why do you believe those things tend to uh, get overlooked, especially for athletes and in sports in general? Yeah, it was funny because we we did a whole curriculum with our players and staff this year for the go-go with Stu and with our our performance team there mm. with with the monumental basketball and I thought our, our players really took to it we did it probably once every two to three weeks oh, and wow. then players were free to meet with Stu and, and another one of our sports psychologists who who they both do a great job and I think just just having that aspect for our players and coaches and really myself as, as an outlet to just talk to and just have someone that's not involved on a daily basis with the basketball portion, Mm -hmm. right? It's more like they can take a step back and really look at, at the mental side of it. And I think that's helpful for all of us. It's not just for the, for, for me, but it's for the players and the coaches. Mm -hmm. And we had such a great group of players. Like I said, on the Instagram live that they really took it seriously and Mm -hmm. they were really, they were really all about it because they felt like it helped them on yeah, and off the court. For sure. But but for me, I like to meditate every day. Luckily for me, my girlfriend pushed me to do it. Awesome. She's much better than me at it. Although, 
I don't, like I said also on Instagram Live, I I only got good at it when one of my friends told me no one's good at it. So that was kind of <laughs> helpful for me to know that no one's really good at it. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, so so this aspect of uh, mental care within yourself and for your team was something that was really brought into light for me attending like Team USA Coach Academies a few years ago, first time in Las Vegas. And then when you and Coach Atkins spoke last year in Washington, D.C., and uh, the two coaches that come into mind that really showed me uh, what it means to be a coach, especially off the court and the importance of, of the care for your athletes are uh, Coach Don Showalter of Team USA and Coach uh, Mike Jones of DeMatha High School. And they do a great job of showing the importance in, in, in building your relationships with your players with uh, within like team activities and the quote-unquote mind candies and different ways to get to know you, your players, uh, in a more personal level uh, rather than just a just as a basketball player and how important is it to you to build those relationships and that rapport with your with your players and and what are some and sorry and what are some ways you build uh relationships with your players and your coaches no worries those are some those are some great mentors you have they're fantastic people and and coaches but i would say it's really important to to understand the the person and i think that outside of all this we are all people and basketball is something we all love to do, but it's also not everything about every person. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's important to understand where people come from, what their family background is, what's really important to them. Mm Because there's some people on our team that love basketball, completely love basketball. And those people are awesome. There's some people on our team that are good at basketball and provide for their family. And that's great too. You know, and I think you have to understand where people's priorities are. And once you've got to understand people's priorities, you can really understand what makes them tick and what's important to them. Mm-hmm. And what's important to them is it really should be what's important to you because you cannot you cannot get a player to play hard for you if they don't believe in you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing is is like we we coach on consent. We have to help them believe in us, but we have to believe in them first and foremost and i think that's that's the most important part but like you said knowing the whole person is is critical for that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, if you can kind of recall i mean on some if you have any specific examples that you guys did whether it was like team activities or i know you guys went to like uh the the gaming uh the the ea the 2k sports or gaming thing that you guys have over there monumental and if there's any other any other uh, type of event that you guys did to like to for team building and things like that, yeah, that was one of our. Be- I mean, we went to movies, we did team dinners, we would do individual dinners, and just random kind of road. <laughs> hey, you going? You going here? You going there? Let's, okay. let's go grab dinner. You know that oh. type of thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great story. We had we were on a three game losing streak, and our assistant GM Scott Schrader. Mm-hmm. So we had two days off before the next game. So we had two practice days. Our assistant GM, Scott Schrader, recommended we do something different than just practice. And at first, as a coach, you're kind of like, well, we need to practice. Like, we, we need to get better. We need to get better. We're in a three-game losing streak. That's how, as coaches, we know what you, we know we just work, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I thought about it, and – Scott was right. He was totally right. And it really, I thought it was an incredible day. It helped turn our, turn our season around in a lot of ways. We went on a six game winning streak after now, I don't know if it was directly correlated <laughs> because if it was directly correlated, then we would just do practice there every day. Which really, <laughs> that sounds good to me, but um, no, it, it was awesome. Just to get the, get the players just away from the court. Yeah. Right? And I think that that just getting them away from the court, getting them to bond with each other, getting them to really kind of just be with each other. We, we ordered pizza. We just, we hung out there for a few hours. Mm-hmm. The guys were competing, the staff that, you know, just, oh, awesome. just playing video games. It was fun. It yeah. was fun. And the, uh, I mean, shout out to the wizard wizards district gaming cause they won the championship this mm-hmm. year. So yep. maybe, maybe that helped them also. Yeah. I don't know. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm joking. They, <laughs> they, uh, none of the, none of the players were there at that time. The, the coaches okay. and, gotcha. um, they were, uh, Patrick was was awesome. Their their head coach and just allowing us to come in and hang out was was really cool and yeah. really beneficial for our team. Yeah, awesome. 
Uh, so when I first met you at the Wizard Summer League training camp last summer, um, even from our first interactions, I could easily tell uh, not only were you a great coach based on listening to you uh, speak basketball and guide the team, um, but that you were a genuine guy who cared for others, even someone like me, a random younger coach just observing camp. Um, and, er and in our early conversations, you explained how you have no problem um, being mentors to young coaches like me because you in turn knew what it was like to be in my shoes and what it felt like to have a, a, a seasoned coach or like experienced coach at a, at a higher level respond to calls and messages and things like that. Uh, so for the listeners, can you touch on that again and why you take pride in that? I try and really speak to anyone who reaches out to me for advice. I, I have a, you know, I, it's a fine line between asking for advice versus asking for a job. I don't really have hiring power, so it kind of puts us puts me in a tough spot. But if, if asking for advice, for the most part, if I see your email, I'll respond, mm -hmm. um, and I will definitely try and get in touch. We'll try and get in touch with each other. Um, and it may be at some phone tag, but we'll definitely get in touch with each other. And I just always feel that. I always remembered when I was a grad assistant at Maryland and I was trying to get into the NBA in any capacity mm -hmm. and I'm writing letters and I'm writing emails and just 10, 20, you know, a day. Mm -hmm. And it may take a hundred, but you always remember the one person that responds mm -hmm. and the one person that actually will talk to you. Mm -hmm. And I just always remember those people. And it's really a handful of people. Mm -hmm. And it just, it really made my, it made the experience worth it because yeah. that's all you wanted was someone to email you back, right? Or mm -hmm. someone to, and I think that I will always be like that just because I remember what it's like trying to, trying to get in and it's mm -hmm. hard and it, it's a lot of, you know, I'll be the first to admit it. It's a lot of luck yeah. and just, just being able to, to be in the position I'm in. I'm so, I feel so fortunate that I want to do the best I can to help people around me because I think that's really what this is all about, right? This mm -hmm. is basketball, but it's really about helping the people around you and exactly. trying to lift people up exactly. and, and, and make the next person better exactly. and stronger and, and have belief because really any, like you can do it. Like anyone can really do it if they've given the right opportunity. And, and I really, I really think like, you know, it's, it's, it's all about luck, but you have to be prepared. Yeah. Sure. Right. You have to be prepared. You have to do the work. And from there, once you're prepared, you do the work, then you can be in position to be successful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love it. Um, so I, I always tell my parents, uh, my, my players, <laughs> I always tell my players and, and now. What do you tell your parents? <laughs> I tell them I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. I like it. <laughs> so I always tell my players and I guess now students, now that I'm a, I'm a teacher, uh, that having a mentor is one of the most important things to have in your life. Um, especially as a coach, can you kind of speak on the importance of mentorship? Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, a mentor of mine, David Atkins, who you know, mm -hmm. another mentor, Scotty Brooks. I mean, just, just to have those two people in my corner is just, just amazing just to run ideas. But, I mean, I, I would not be here without David Atkins for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and just the ability for him to take a chance on a practice player that walked in his office and just said I wanted to do more and he said okay we're we're working out Gravis tomorrow morning at 6 a.m I'll mm -hmm. see you here and he never thought I'd show up like <laughs> he tells the story to this day and he's yeah. like I, and he, he tells the story he says he never left but really I never left because he never let me leave and that was <laughs> what a mentor was and like mm -hmm. he helped me he helped guide me and it was amazing I owe it so much to him and I'm in, I'm indebted to him. And then Scotty Brooks with just guiding me in my first year as a head coach, I think has been really, really incredible. And, and I tell people I had a ton of respect for head coaches before I did this, mm -hmm. but now after doing this and being a head coach, even mm -hmm. it was 44 game, 43 games, sorry. It, my, my level of respect for head coaches grew even more because yeah. it's the job is difficult right? There's, mm -hmm. there's so many people that it's your responsibility to make them feel good on a daily basis mm -hmm. and feel motivated on a daily basis. And that's, that's not easy. And, and I think that head coaches sometimes 
like you see this in the media and head coaches get ripped by media people and they mm-hmm. get, you know, it's just like, it's just unfair because I know that's their job and I'm not knocking them for that. I just, I just wish that there was more of a respect for, for the difficulty of the job. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it's not like, I'm not saying that we need or head coaches need sympathy. Everyone chooses like your life is choices. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, the head coaches have such such a difficult job and i know i'm getting on a, a tangent of <laughs> head coaches but but yeah I, I do think getting back to your original question having a mentor and having the right mentor is critical for success mm-hmm. and if if someone i will add this if if you're in position to be a mentor to someone please do it because it could be all the difference mm-hmm. and it can make all the difference in someone's career in someone's life exactly exactly and I like how you added that last part because in reality, that's kind of what it is with our relationship right now. And, and it's kind of funny how you were just talking about how like it's that luck and this and that. And I feel like all these things that I've been trying to do and these these opportunities that arise have been luck. But it's like this luck happened for a reason and, we're just, and I'm still just going and going and going and then building blocks. And I have you to talk to. I have Coach Adkins to talk to. And it's just it's luck. But it's also, like you said, being prepared and. And, and the mentors and stuff and all that just kind of ties together, which is which is pretty crazy. Moving more into um, into basketball um, for the listeners. Can, can you talk about your journey within your career so far? Um, so coming from Skidmore College after playing a year of D3 basketball uh, to transferring to UMCP and learning under the legendary coach uh, Brenda Freeze on the women's side and then to the men's side with um coach Mark Turgeon and then ultimately where you're at with the Wizards and Go-Go. Um, what have you taken from each experience and how has this process uh, made you who you are today? Yeah, wow. I think each experience was has helped me and it's helped me in different ways. Obviously, the Skidmore experience was incredible. I was trying to fulfill my dream in a lot of ways. I was not patient enough. I was not in the right mindset to sit and work and not play after having played. Mm-hmm. So after leaving Skidmore, I really basketball was up in the air for me, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was my, my way of escaping was leaving Skidmore. Mm-hmm. And looking back, if I knew what I knew now, I would know how to work hard and work for more minutes and just, just grind and, and be better. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that then I wasn't mature enough then. So I left and sought something else. I sought a bigger state school. I wanted something different. Mm-hmm. and I knew some people at Maryland, so I went to Maryland, had no idea what I wanted to do. I still love basketball. I was going to try and walk on the men's team. That never happened, mm-hmm. so I just randomly, I knew someone that had been a practice player for the women's team at Wisconsin, so I just tried to do the same thing, mm. and really more to stay in shape. I had no idea that it was going to lead to this, <laughs> right? I knew I loved basketball. I knew I always had. Obviously, I was I was a little bit down after basically quitting mm-hmm. um, basketball at Skidmore and just just kind of finding like a resilience and finding the love for the game again was really what what really propelled me because mm-hmm. practicing with the women's team like you don't realize people and I, I get on this tangent all the time too people don't realize how good and talented and mm-hmm. skilled women's players mm-hmm. are exactly. and I like work I didn't realize it when I got to Maryland now after working in Maryland I mean Maryland has some like I think almost 10 pros in the WNBA <laughs> right now yeah, and just being like around that. all something it's something crazy mm-hmm. it's up there with with the top schools you know in in the country but the women's team was amazing Brenda Freeze is incredible and her whole coaching staff was great. Um, but then I really knew that I wanted to be on the men's side. So I was a grad assistant for coach Turgeon and that was coach Turgeon's first two years. Mm. So coach, coach Turgeon, he needed a grad assistant. I was right there. So it worked out. So I was a grad assistant for two years, loved it. Like such an incredible opportunity travel with the team, I was doing all sorts of stuff. I learned so much about how really a, a program is run from buses to planes to hotels to team food, all the things mm. that had nothing to do with basketball, mm. right? But that took logistics. So you understand what everyone's role is in the organization, in the program at Maryland. And that helped propel me to be with the Wizards. And I was lucky enough, Tommy Shepard gave me just an incredible opportunity of being an assistant video coordinator for 
for the Wizards. Mm-hmm. They had a video coordinator. They had an intern. They were adding an assistant position. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. <laughs> and I was – all I want to do is work in the NBA. I grew up in Connecticut. UConn mm-hmm. men's basketball was <laughs> – religion in connecticut <laughs> right like it was the women's team everyone loved they always won right but the men's team was amazing because we had so many pros then when we were mm-hmm. growing up that i would follow the pros in the nba yeah. so every night being in i only say i grew up in connecticut because growing up in connecticut just your basic tv package you get knicks games you got nets games and you got Celtics games every night because mm. you're kind of right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So I would watch an NBA game at least one or two every single night. And especially when the when the um, UConn players were playing, I would always try and watch them. Yeah. I was so excited. You know, I was so excited to see Ben Gordon and Rip Hamilton and Ray Allen and yeah. all of them wow, play. Yeah. And it, you know, it was just like those three come to mind right away. But there's still a ton more. I mean, and and it was it was amazing just to 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 be able to follow them, and that's where I fell in love with the NBA, and that's where I knew I wanted to get in the NBA, mm-hmm. and that's where the assistant video job. I had an opportunity to stay in Maryland, but I chose the assistant video job because I knew it was really what my dream was, mm. and I, I, something that I was so excited. And in the video room, you learn the league better than anything. Like oh, yeah. you really learn the league in the video room, and I thought that was. I tell people all the time, like being in a video room is like getting a PhD in basketball because mm. you're watching two, three games. You're cutting the games up every night. The coaches are relying on you to get them those games that next, that next morning. Yeah. So it, it was the best experience I'd done. And then progressing, progressing in the organization. I've been blessed to be just finished year seven with the Wizards organization and just so excited for our future. So excited for, for Tommy and, and mm-hmm. Scotty and, and obviously all the players and, and where the organization's heading. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, with, with, with your dream, as you said, Tom, talking about working in the NBA and, and being a basketball coach, did, did this come um, when you said you were growing up or was it like after you went to Maryland, was that something that kind of just blossomed out of nowhere or, or was, was coaching always in your future that you, that you thought it was going to be, or was it always mainly like being a player or, or just something totally different? I mean, I don't know. It's like, I think we all grow up wanting to play in the NBA. Yeah. Right? I don't think, uh, I think that got kind of, brought back to life pretty quickly for me. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of second best. Yeah. And it's really, the journey's been incredible. But yeah, I mean, if you ask my mom, she'll say I've wanted to be a coach since I was three. If you ask me, I wanted to be a player since I was three. <laughs> but <you>. I just, <laughs> I was I was never really, really had what it took. But I, I, I love the game mm-hmm. and I love, I love um, just learning about it every day and just, I could watch basketball all the time and, and it's just um, really it's it's about just just appreciating where you are, too. And I'm just very appreciative for for being in the position I'm in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what would you say to the people who believe that in order to coach in the NBA or at the highest level, you have to do you have to have basically played in the NBA or at the highest level? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you just go through the head coaches, you'll see that a lot of the head coaches didn't really play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So that that alone is just one example. Uh, obviously, playing in the NBA helps, mm-hmm. and I think that you know players in the NBA. We have a bunch of players who play in the NBA on our staff, and I'll never have the experience they had, right? Like Robert Pack, Tony Brown, Corey Gaines. Like they all played in the league, and they're they're just being around them every day and their experiences, mm-hmm. like it's incredible right they're all great coaches and playing has helped them so that's just that's an example but then there's a bunch and obviously scotty played in the nba but then there's a bunch of our our coaches who i learned equal amounts from that didn't play in the nba so there's really mm-hmm. it's a it's a great balance actually you have a balance of people that did play in the league and i love learning from them and you have a balance of people that didn't so it's not it's not like you have to because that's just not that's not not the case, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so stepping aside, as still in, in sports, but just kind of thinking um, personally, um, what types of adversities have you faced with basketball or in sports in general, and how have you been able to persevere through them? 
I just I think the biggest one for me was was playing in in a, as a D three player trying to continue playing from high school and just not really being good enough to play. Like I was on the team, but I didn't play much. Mm-hmm. and just coming to that realization and not being ashamed of it, it was just it was where i was right and i yeah. and just that was the biggest adversity and it led me to being at maryland and all the doors that were open for me at maryland it was just such a blessing because i wouldn't be if i played four years at skidmore i probably wouldn't be here mm. you know and it's just things happen for a reason and it just it worked out in that in that way, it's like maybe I had to go to Skidmore and fail to go to Maryland and be in position to like refine my love for the game and mm-hmm. move past kind of that failure. And it's taken me years to get over that failure, right? Like that that was hard for me to get over. And I think the the most important thing that I learned is that you cannot tie your identity to the game of basketball. Like your life identity cannot be the game of basketball mm-hmm. and i think that even just talking out loud like it's something that we all love and i love it but i've never i would never like let it define who i am as a human being right mm-hmm. because there is family there's yeah. your close friends there's your your love relationships there's all those things that are that really make up your life and i, I think that that your job and your work like we love it for sure, but it's also not who you are as a human. I think it's important to make that distinction. So I think that adversity and going through those tough times was what led me to being able to to be in this position that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, so as a coach in the NBA and G League and, and based on your past experiences, uh, what are some of the things that people may overlook as as being a coach? Uh, it's not always what they see on on TV and social media. Uh, so, what are some things that you've that you've had to sacrifice that many people might not have realized? I think the the sacrifices are really just you know a lot of times schedules, right? I mean, outside of a funeral, um, you know the. The, the games don't stop right so mm-hmm. it's it you're you're going to the games and you know the show goes on right yeah. it's, we're in the entertainment business you look at our schedule outside of a global pandemic like we had <laughs> like it's not changing right so that <laughs> yeah. those sacrifices are you know we've played on christmas day we've done different things on new year's like mm-hmm. you're traveling you're away from your family so those are really the sacrifices and and although they they are hard at times um when you're doing something you love it's different it's just it's a different feel and the people that truly love you and care about you will understand that and 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 they'll want they'll really want you to be there right Mm -hmm. and that kind of eases the tension a little bit because you never want to feel like you don't belong there because because you're not being supported right and i think that that's you know, it's those when you know when you have special people around you is when they really support your dream and they really want you to be be what's best for you. Awesome. So I would say those are those are the most important sacrifices. But making uh, having your circle be a dot is one of the lines that Tommy mm. Shepard says a lot, yeah. and I think that that that's truthful. Is that yeah. your your circle should be should be close and small, and and that's kind of kind of what makes makes you have the support and the necessary um i don't know how to say it other than support but like the necessary love around you Mm -hmm. like you feel like a cocoon of of love of people just embracing what you're doing exactly and that's that's actually a pretty interesting interesting take because like you know all all, through all these pandemics uh, through this pandemic and through all these zoom zoom calls and stuff that you can kind of listen to and whatnot um there's like coaches and dobos and all this stuff always there's like a panel of uh, coaches always talk and they say the biggest thing is sacrificing like exactly what you said family time and missing out on events but you were actually the first one i've heard where the, it, where it's kind of like that's fine because the people that you are missing these events for should be there to um to be welcoming and saying hey you're doing what you need to do you're doing what you love to do like there's it's fine if you miss this like we definitely understand and that's kind of a cool point because i've actually never really thought about it that side it's usually just oh man i'm missing out for them and never um they're they're there for us type of thing so that was really cool 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of my a lot of my close friends and family, my girlfriend now, they sometimes they like they want me to be there more than you know, like not more <laughs> than me, but they're like you can feel that, like yeah, it's, no, gen- sure. it's genuine. Like yeah. I want to be there just as much as anyone, but they want me to be there, mm-hmm. and like that allows me to be a better leader. That allows me to be a better person. That allows me to like be more comfortable with who I am and what I'm doing in my life. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't feel that, then it's, it's really difficult to be like productive. And I'm, I'm, you know, I know you have like a baby boy and mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of things, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So I'm not saying that it's one size fits all. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, so from stepping into that, into the new uh, training facility in DC, um, from when I was there this last summer, it feels like a, a unique situation. Like I'm not, I, um, obviously I don't really know what other facilities are like, but for that situation, um, where you have all the teams under one roof, the wizards, go, go mystics, um, and being able to interact with everyone on every team. Um, so what is it like being around the highest level of talent, talented players like John Wall, uh, Bradley Beal, Elena Deladon, and being part of a team of the top coaches in the world? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's amazing when you see the best players and coaches in the world on a daily basis, it's really motivating. I mean, you could, you can go down the line, but all of them are really special in their own ways. And like those three players you mentioned, and even, even some of the players that you didn't mention, like, like we don't realize it, but some of the guys I've been around, like Garrett Temple, like some mm-hmm. of, someone like him mm-hmm. who had to have a routine or Ish Smith who had to have a routine every day and who have routines every day just to make it, right? Like it's so hard to make it and it's even harder to stay. Mm-hmm. So uh, like Elena, John, Brad, they, they impress me and they're inspiring to me every day because they are so special, but they've worked at it. Mm-hmm. But also the players that are like, are really like role players yeah. for their entire mm-hmm. decade plus long careers. They, they, they inspire me too. Cause it's all about their habits and hard work. It's not about have you know, and that's, that that's something I, I'd like to just impart to, to the listeners as well is that I think that, having habits and being committed to those habits on a daily basis are, are really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so speaking on that, do you have any role models that you've looked up to um, from your, from your um, GA days and UMCP and to even where you are, where you're at now? And uh, what are some of the qualities that you admire from them that, that make them role models to you? So from my GA days, wow, good question. <laughs> um, I think I would say that like someone that uh, name, his name is Kyle Tarp. He's a strength coach for mm. the uh, Maryland men's team mm-hmm. and he oversees the men's and women's programs there. And he's been there for as long as coach church has been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's someone, you know, I think that he really helped me to gain a healthy lifestyle, nutrition, weight room, cardio. And I think that someone like him is someone who I looked up to because he was always so serious minded, Mm -hmm. especially as a GA, just seeing him be serious minded with the players every day, but be able to laugh at the players and also Mm -hmm. be able to work with them. Like he would, he would still outlift everyone in there. Yeah. And you know, like it's kind of goes back to what we were saying with the running and the cycling. It's like, and, and, and if you can't like do it at their level, like you have to be about it in an extent mm-hmm. and like being about it is being able to not necessarily be on the court and like be able to like play pickup with the guys. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I think that's really important for sure, but also just be able to like be in shape and be able to like, like be still be an athlete, I think is very helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just something that like Kyle taught me, like, eating well, nutrition wise, like it's important, right? Getting enough sleep, being mm-hmm. hydrated, like those little things are, we expect our athletes to do it. We have to expect it of ourselves too. <laughs> yeah. And I think just being a GA and seeing Kyle, like have that type of impact on our guys. Like we remember, like I would be in charge of food, right? So we're going to NC state and I was in charge of making sure the team meal was ready to go. And Kyle, like, you know, we're like, Hey, so what are we doing for dessert? He's like, what? 
It's like, he's like, yeah, berries. That's all we're getting. <laughs> and coach, it's funny because coach Turgeon likes sweet. So, but Kyle wanted berries and I was like, all right, whatever, whatever. You know, I'll talk to coach, whatever coach wants is what we'll get. But it's just, it's like, that was his lifestyle. That's what he believed in. Yeah. And he lived it. And I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> so, so with all that being said and thinking about, um, where you are now and to this day, what, what, what's the thing that keeps you motivated? Wow. What a, what an amazing question. (laughs) Um, I just think just, you know, seeing, seeing the people around me grow and develop, you know, we have some, some of the younger guys on our staff and the video room and the player development, like just seeing them grow and develop and, I don't know, you know, some of the guys on our staff, like Landon, Mike, Ryan, mm-hmm. like those guys, just seeing them, like I watch them run workouts. I'm like, oh my gosh, they are so much better than I, <laughs> I was at their age. And I'm like, I'm so excited. You know, like, I yeah. love it. I love like, what was that drill? Landon, Mike, like Brian, like, what'd you guys do with him? I was just like, those drills are amazing. And just seeing them grow just like gives me, gives me life. It makes mm-hmm. me, makes me happy. And just seeing our players like someone like Phil Booth this year on the G League team who, you know, had a st- had a point in time where he wasn't playing at all. And then to see him in January just go on a tear and he's averaging mm-hmm. almost, I don't know, 15 to 20 points a game. And, like, we're going on a run. We're playing well and he's playing well. Just, you know, like going through adversity with staff and players and just seeing mm-hmm. that, like, feeling the ups and downs together mm-hmm. and then just seeing them succeed, I think, is, is really what keeps me motivated. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, especially the beginning part of the season, you had, I forget what it was, but you had like roster turnovers like I've never seen before. So uh, going through that adversity was something different, definitely, definitely interesting to see and awesome to see you guys go through it as far yeah, as thanks. successfully. That's actually, thanks. Yeah, that's why I love the G League. It was my first year in and I loved it. I thought it was, it is such an adversity um, teacher. Mm-hmm. every single day and it mm-hmm. was just incredible mm-hmm. um so i was going to ask you what's your favorite thing about being a basketball coach but i mean from that answer you just gave about what keeps you motivated and you can kind of tell from your passion that you just kind of gave as far as seeing your, your the other coaches um do good and your players do good and i guess it's just easy to tell that that's your favorite thing about being a, a basketball coach is seeing the other ones around you um just persevere and succeed yeah, for sure. All right, so moving to this, to the last segment um, of this conversation, we're gonna go uh, to these quick hitters, and so these okay. are these are completely random. It's about a few questions, um, basketball related, non basketball related, and if you could just Ooh, give, if, very exciting. <laughs> if you could just one give, word answers. Is it doesn't have like to be quick, one word, just okay. quick answers and quick, okay, whatever comes to, whatever comes to mind. All right, let's do it. All right, I'm first ready. first one. Favorite music artists that you're listening to right now? Uh, who are we into right now? <laughs> trying to think. I mean, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like a new music guy. Like my girlfriend's more into the new yeah. music. Okay. Well, uh, it doesn't have to be a new person, but like what, who, who are you like? Like if you go on a, a bike ride, who are you listening to? What's the playlist? So I'm more of a podcast guy, but I okay. do love, I think our guys were listening to like a lot of Roddy Rich, and I, I okay. really liked yeah. him this year. He, he was, I thought he was, he was great from awesome. a new music standpoint. Awesome. Old music standpoint, I've been listening to a lot of like just some oldies. I still have some of that, the oldies, the the James Taylors and James Taylors. And, okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. Those, those guys. When I really want to calm down and relax. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, favorite food spot in Washington D.C. or the whole D.M.V. area? Only one. Chloe. Chloe. What what type Chloe of Chloe is, is in Navy Yard? It's like New American, just small plates, and it's so good. Okay. I could I could throw a a rock from my apartment there. And oh, it's, nice. Uh, so they yeah, see you a lot over there, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> I, it might not be. It's like it's it's the best. Awesome, awesome. Um, staying on the food, favorite food to snack on. Palm crisps. Palm crisps. Mm. Have you had? I've heard. I've seen them. I've never actually tried them. Though. Actually, my like my direct answer and my more specific answer would be the truffle palm crisps from Trader Joe's. Okay, so a specific flavor. Those are 
Those are special. Those Those are as special (laughs) as it gets, my friend. (laughs) I think I'm, I actually think I'm addicted. So (laughs) (laughs) you might need to call someone and send help for me. (laughs) Uh, Favorite place or route uh, to bike in the DC area? For me, Haynes Point, I think, is the best. Just to grab loops, grab grab miles in, and then uh, the Anacostia Trail. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, What is your biggest pet peeve? (sighs) Biggest pet peeve? Um, I would just say complaining over like complaining mindset over action-based mindset. And sometimes I have to catch myself and just be like, (laughs) okay, like we could say that like this is true, but how are we trying to fix it, mm-hmm. right? And I mm-hmm. think that that's finding ways to fix something and being solution-based is is, is really important. Yeah. And I think that that's really what I look for in staff and players. Mm-hmm. Uh, these last – and, and myself, by the way. <laughs> gotcha. These last few ones are going to be more basketball-related. So on the okay. basketball side, what is your biggest pet peeve, pet peeve for coaching? Um, hmm. like, like me coaching or, uh, just when you're coaching, like maybe what a player does or some, someone does that you kind of just like, is like a, a non-negotiable thing that I'm big. My, my favorite thing is defensively is when players show their hands Mm -hmm. defensively and they like take up space with their, their length. So I'm pretty big on that. Like really showing your hands and Miami does a great job of it. Mm. Obviously, the teams that that guard Giannis well in transition, they're really good at loading and, and showing their hands mm. in the half court and in transition. So I'm I'm pretty big on that. Gotcha. If you were, and then, oh my my other thing my other thing is probably uh, when a teammate's on the ground just running up to help a teammate. Oh yeah, that's a good. One. That was something we like drilled that's this year because I thought it was important. It shows uh, a sense of connectivity and yeah, care, yeah camaraderie and exactly. caring about your teammates. So exactly, that's important to me. Um, if you were to play in the NBA today, who would resemble your game the most? Ooh, I like it. LeBron, um, LeBron James, I'm guessing. No way. <laughs> I would say like, I would say more of a Rondo. Okay. Yeah, right. more of a Rondo. That's first. Got it. Um, if you were in the NBA today, what number would you wear and why? Hmm. I would wear 24 because it's just my number I wore growing up. Okay. Awesome. Um, and this is the final question, probably the most important question. Oh, um, okay. And this is a, actually a universal question that I ask all my guests. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Why or why not? No, absolutely not. Why is it not considered a sandwich? I've just never thought of it as a sandwich, actually. Like, when you said it, I had no thought that it was a sandwich. <laughs> like, I'm, no way. But if you think about it, this is, this is just a, 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 a point to bring up. But it's open, though. It's open. It's like an open thing, right? Like, it's not closed. The sandwich, I think of, like, bread. Mm-hmm. So, steak and cheese sub or steak and cheese is not a sandwich? That's closed, though. <laughs> no, steak and cheese is a sandwich because it's closed. So, you know what I mean? Wait a second. So the so hot dog bread, is ingredient like bread, meat, bread. The mm-hmm. hot dog is like bread. I don't know, like three quarters of the way around with an opening on top. It's not really the same. So a subway sandwich. Yeah, same thing. Sandwich. Bread, bread, meat, bread. Okay. Okay. That's my. That's I'm my still kind of lost, but I, well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We can talk. We can talk offline. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Um, so before I let you go, do you have any social medias to share, or if you want to plug um, that the the podcast that you guys that that you had mentioned previously, if that's something you want to do? Yeah, um, my girlfriend and I are doing a podcast on. It's called Quarantining in Love. It's about modern love in the quarantine era era and then we are doing a our social justice plat uh, zoom meetings every thursday um and that's one by one double agents for change mm-hmm. and that's on both uh that's on instagram they're both on instagram but we would love to have it's free and we'd love to have whoever wants to join our 
we're called double agents because we are in charge of we we're in charge of kind of helping both sides and we want to understand one side but we also know there's a ton of social injustices in the world and and especially in our country and we want to be a part of the change and the solution Mm -hmm. and obviously you know like our players with monumental basketball have done an incredible job to fight the the social injustices and the racial injustices on a daily basis but we we know that there's more conversations to be had there's more actions to be had so Mm -hmm. we started my girlfriend started the group about six five months ago maybe wow Wow. yeah Yeah, right after george floyd was was murdered just with Mm -hmm. we wanted to do something and it's created incredible action it's created incredible conversation and we've uh, created a a community that's everlasting so Mm -hmm. it's been it's been great so awesome and uh last thing um if you have any last advice and or a a favorite quote that you live by that you kind of give to the listeners yeah, my favorite quote, I was thinking about it when I was, when I was reading the questions, but my favorite quote is, comparison is the thief of joy mm. by Theodore Roosevelt. Mm. And it kind of speaks for itself, but I think mm. in the era we're in, it's really yep. easy to look at other people and see what other people have and scroll on Instagram and do all this. But, you know, I think comparison, the more you compare yourself, the more you're robbing yourself of, of inner joy and, mm. and I think it's important to remember that. Definitely. I love that. Um, So, yeah, so Coach Richmond, thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule. I really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, thank you for always being someone I can reach out to for advice, whether it's uh, career choices, basketball X's and O's, and even biking advice from a few months ago when I was looking at bikes to to buy. Um, I continue to learn so much from you in our conversations, and even even from afar, by the way you carry yourself, especially as a young and upcoming coach who continues to do great things for yourself um, and the people around you. Um, I look forward to hearing even greater things coming coming for you and, and can't thank you enough for everything you you continue to do for for me. And I look forward to linking up again sometime soon in the future and I uh, hope you and your loved ones continue to stay safe. Thank you, brother. Talk to you soon. Thanks yep. so much for having me on. Yep, for sure. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye. That concludes another episode of the Breaking Barriers Basketball Podcast. I cannot thank Coach Ryan Richmond enough for taking the time out of his schedule and having this conversation. I truly enjoyed it, and it's easy to see not only how great of a coach he is, but how great of an individual he is as well. I continue to learn more and more from him after every conversation we have and am blessed to have a positive relationship with someone like Coach Richmond. Again, I'm Coach Daniel Diaz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Coach D Diaz. And if you're not following the Breaking Barriers Basketball Instagram yet, you can follow us at, at Breaking Barriers Basketball and visit our website, BreakingBarriersBasketball.com. Feel free to contact us anytime. That's all we have for today's episode. And we hope you all continue to stay safe out there. <laughs>